0: Well, grace and peace to you in the name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Our back school worship series has the unusual title, Oxymorons of Faith. And an oxymoron is a figure of speech that takes two contradictory words and puts them together. Examples include crash landing, deafening silence, even odds, good grief, poor health, And negative growth. During August, the sermons are looking at some Christian oxymorons that we hold in tension. Last week, we talked about blind faith. Today, we're talking about minor miracle. Our scripture lesson comes from John chapter 6, beginning with verse 16. As you're able, I invite you to stand in honor of the reading of the gospel. When evening came, His disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, And immediately, the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Amen. And would you please be seated? Most of us know Thomas Jefferson as one of the American founding fathers. He was a chief author of the Declaration of Independence and the third United States president. But the same man who wrote the phrase about certain God-given inalienable rights also wrestled with his faith. Jefferson created his own New Testament, literally using a razor to cut out passages and to put them in a separate notebook. He excluded anything miraculous, the virgin birth, the resurrection, all the miracle stories of Jesus, and he only included Jesus' moral, ethical teaching. The reality is the miraculous is always hard to comprehend and even more difficult to believe. And there are always skeptics in the world who want to set aside the miraculous and to focus on Jesus as a moral teacher. And the result is the Jefferson Bible. And yet I believe in miracles. The Bible is filled with stories of Jesus acting miraculously, walking on water, calming the storm, turning water into wine, taking a few loaves and fishes and feeding the 5,000, exercising the demon-possessed, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, calling Lazarus from the grave. The stories continue in the Acts of the Apostles. We are told that they would lay sick people out in the roads of Jerusalem just so Simon Peter's shadow might fall over them and they might be healed. Paul continued that ministry, but do such miracles still happen today? John Calvin, who was one of the great leaders of the Protestant Reformation, did not believe so. He believed that God gave a special dispensation of grace in the first generation of the church to spread the gospel but that miracles like that ended with the first generation. I don't believe that. I've experienced miracles in my life. I know you could tell stories as well, but let's face it. There are challenges when we begin to talk about the miraculous. The first is this facts are never enough. They always require face interpretation. It occurred even in Jesus' ministry. John chapter 12, the Lord was teaching and culminated his words by saying, Father, glorify your name. And a voice thundered down from the heavens. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. And there were some standing there who heard the voice of God. And others said, did you hear it thunder? God is at work. But it takes faith to see, and this is one of my primary arguments with Christian apologists. I appreciate their efforts to give a factual undergirding for why the things of the Bible might occur, but facts are not enough. It always requires faith. The second challenge with miracles, and you know this one, is that God works miracles, but not always at least not in the ways we expect or hope. We've all had the experience of praying for ourselves, praying fervently for others, and God did not answer the prayers the way we dictated them, the way we wanted them to come out. And there are moments in life when we bump nose first into that prayer we pray today, the Lord's Prayer, which ultimately places our will under God and says, Your will be done. But I still believe in miracles. I do think part of The problem is we typically simply expect miracles to be extraordinary events where God works powerfully in our lives, suspends the natural in order to do the supernatural. And if that is our only expectation of the miraculous, we're going to miss a lot. Because God does work in the extraordinary, but also in the ordinary, not only in the once-in-a-lifetime, but also in the daily humdrum of life. And perhaps a better definition of the miraculous is anytime God's presence intersects with our lives and with the world. And if that's the case, miracles are happening all about us if you have eyes to see and ears to hear. But we suffer oftentimes from spiritual blindness and deafness. I had a member of the very first church I served who loved to tell a story about spiritual blindness, and I may have told it here at Northside once or twice or three times. Uh, There was a farmer who was up on the roof of his barn repairing a leak, and he slipped and began to fall, and the fall to the ground was quite steep, and as he was nearing the edge, he cried out to God and said, God, save me. And just before he went over the edge a nail protruding from the roof caught his overalls. And he was able to climb back up to safety. And after catching his breath, he looked back to heaven and said, God, never mind, this nail caught me. How often does God act? And we just miss it. I was reflecting in devotional time a while back of how things I fervently prayed about, God acted. And I was on to the next prayer. Not saying thank you, but telling God what I needed next. But if God's at work all about us, there are miracles occurring. The first cry of a newborn. The first words or steps of a toddler. The first day of school for a child. In the bread and cup of Holy Communion. The splash of water as we baptize in forgiveness extended and received, in relationships pieced back together, broken hearts that are mended when we minister to somebody else in missions and we see the face of Jesus Christ in their visage, in the stars shining in the clear sky, in the winds of the storm as we hear the thunder and see the lightning, When we have the resources to help somebody else in need, all these ways and more, God is working in our lives. There is a poem I oftentimes quote by Elizabeth Barrett Browning, and she uses that imagery of Moses turning aside to the burning bush, recognizing he's in the very presence of God and taking off his shoes because he stands on holy ground. And she wrote, Earth's crammed with heaven. And every common bush a fire with God, and only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around it and pluck blackberries. We sing about God's amazing grace because all grace is amazing. We talk about God's miraculous power, and we use the phrase colloquially, minor miracle. But brothers and sisters, what miracle is minor? Who are we? to rank God's acts on a scale, minor, mid-range, major. What God is doing in our lives and the lives of those about us is miraculous, period, and works powerfully in our lives. Today we read from the gospel according to John. It, but if you get to John chapter 20 and the conclusion of John's gospel, he ends in a rather interesting way. He wrote in part, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. Wouldn't you like to see volume two and what else happened? But he goes on to say, these are written so that you might believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and in so believing, you might have life in his name. The miraculous miracles are love notes sent to us by God. They are Strings tied around our fingers to remind us of God's presence, God's grace, and how God holds us now and forevermore. And we believe in miracles. Squire Rushnell published a book back in 2015 with the title, When God Winks at You. And he talks about that phrase which has become a part of our culture and church of God winks. And he defined it this way. It is an event or personal experience often identified with coincidence, so astonishing it could have only come from God. In the Lord's holy flirtation with the world and with each of us, God winks at us all the time, and Gerth said that coincidence is just God's way of remaining anonymous. God is at work. We experience the miraculous, and sometimes we get to be a part of the miraculous because God does miracles through each of us. There was a story that came out of Missouri back in August of 2015 about a co-ed attending Tulane University named Katie Lentz. She was on her way to church on a Sunday morning in Jefferson City to join some friends when a drunk driver hit her at an intersection mangled the car, flipped it up on its side so that she was trapped within. Paramedics responded, but it was a very delicate situation, trying to extricate her as her vital signs began to fall. They finally decided the only course of action was to right the car, but in doing so, realized that also had some risk. So before they did, Katie asked if there was someone who could pray for her. Seemingly out of thin air, A man dressed like a Roman Catholic priest approached, anointed her with oil, prayed for her and stepped away. In that moment, things began to change. They righted the car successfully. Her vital signs began to improve. Another EMT crew that they did not expect to arrive came with exactly the equipment they needed. They were able to get her out of the car, transport her by ambulance to the hospital where she eventually recovered. Out of the 69 photographs taken of the crash scene, there was not a single picture of the man who looked like a Roman Catholic priest. And it was on national media. You may recall there was all sorts of speculation about angels intervening. And of all people, the fire chief had the most theological statement In the situation perhaps I've ever heard, he said, I would say whether it was an angel sent to us in the form of a priest or a priest that became our angel, I don't care. Either way, I'm good with it. The story doesn't end there. Several days later, Father Patrick Dowling stepped forward as the priest who had just happened to be going by the accident. He stopped, offered assistance, prayed for Katie, and then stepped out of the way so the MTS could do their work. There was some disappointment when the news came out that it was just a priest. But which is the greater miracle, an angel appearing in the form of a priest or a priest who act as an angel in a situation? Each one of us have the chance to be a part of God's miracle in somebody else's life. When we reach out to them in the name of Jesus Christ, when we minister in the name of our Lord, we are part of God's miraculous power that works in and through us, and yes, sometimes despite us. Our gospel story today, which Reverend Sarah recounted with the children, is familiar of Jesus walking on the water, calming the storm. It's included in... Matthew, Mark, and John, for some reason, Luke, did not choose to write it down. Matthew's version is a little bit more comprehensive than the one we heard from John. He has that familiar scene where Simon Peter, always the impetuous, impetuous one, decides to get out on the boat and join Jesus. And he's walking across the water, treading water with his toes, and preachers love this illustration. Because as soon as he takes his eyes off Jesus, what happens? He starts to sink, and he gets involved with the trouble and worries all about him. Maybe that's the secret to experiencing miracles in our lives, constantly looking out for Jesus. Are you the kind that sees signs, sees wonders, looks for miracles? Or are we the kind who sit on the shore, safe, secure, and dry, unwilling to test the troubled waters and then wonder why we don't see Jesus? What kind of person are you? turns out there's no minor miracle. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, we thank you for how you're at work in our lives, the lives of others, and in our world. Grant us the grace this day, this week, to have eyes that see, ears that hear, spirits that are sensitive to the Spirit's touch. Help us to see the miracles, to participate in the miracles, and by your power and grace, be miracles in others' lives So in the name of the powerful one who walked on water, we make our prayer, amen.